Hello guys, welcome back. This is episode 13 of Confessions of a Personal Trainer. So thank you so much for coming back to another episode. Really excited to be here doing another one. And today is going to be like a little fitness review. So I'm going to go into detail with how to create a training plan for yourself, the benefits of tracking your workout, and I'm going to discuss cardio versus HIT, and it'll hopefully give you some ideas if you're a bit stuck with your training. Okay, I'm going to start with tracking. So tracking your movements. I do recommend tracking your exercise, whether it be a an app that you use or a pen and paper or you could do what I do. I write it on a, a whiteboard in the gym and I take a picture of it and I say to myself, I'll write this down when I get home and I never do. So I've just got hundreds and hundreds of pictures on my camera roll of whiteboards and um, I don't actually do anything with it but I have kind of know so I've got the numbers usually they're in my mind so I, I know certain numbers for each exercise so for example I've got a number in my head of how many squats I could do for three reps and um, I know that then that if I go to the gym if I'm due to do squats that day I've got a rough idea in my head of what I should be doing that day however I've been doing it for a few years now so I just know over time but tracking does give a really good indication of progress and whether this is the um, higher weight that you use or more reps or maybe you're adding pauses or changing the tempo so the speed of, of the exercise that you're doing if you've tracked it it's helpful to see progress over time Tracking looks different for everyone as well. So it looks different for every one of my clients and it would probably look different for every one of you. So for example, if I have a beginner client, I'll be honest, I rarely record numbers for beginners because my primary goal or my focus for a beginner would be to get them familiar with the basic movements and just to move. So basically just to exercise. So for example, becoming familiar with a squat or a push-up, an overhead press or a deadlift. So simply learning the mechanics involved in that movement. So if you're not familiar with the gym or you've not been going for that long, I would say the primary focus is the fact that you're moving. So rather than being concerned with recording the numbers or the, the amount of reps that you do, the amount of sets you do, I think at this stage the focus should be on understanding the movement itself and making sure that you are doing the correct movement and then once you understand the basics it can make sense to track your progress by monitoring your sessions each week. This is often how I know if my clients are settling in well to training so if they're a beginner and maybe by week three or week four or even week five it can can vary for, for everybody but if they say to me that this weight feels better or I think this is heavier than I've previously done this is then when I may start to track a little bit more in depth, which is fun. This is then when the fun starts. But I'll just add here, so I do have some clients that aren't interested in the numbers that they hit. So we might try and make it challenging. We might try and increase the rep range or add in an extra exercise. But some clients are there to move. Some clients are there purely just to have a session where they know they're going to move that week or they know that they're going to have something different to do sometimes it's not all about making sure that they are hitting personal bests or making sure they're lifting heavier sometimes it's just about general movement and enjoying the movement enjoying being in the gym it can be a social interaction as well so 
it does look different for everybody, but I do have some people who will have strength-based goals. So if one of my clients would have a strength-based goal, then we might look in more detail at tracking progress. But it doesn't suit everybody. Some people don't need to know what they've lifted that day. Some people might just walk in, have a session after they've had a a bad day at work or they just want to move their body and then they go home and they don't think about what they've just done. Some people will think, okay, I'm pleased with what I've done tonight in the gym. However, I'm going to get an early night. I'm going to get my protein intake in because I can recover for tomorrow. And then this week I'll rest and I'll use next week to hit my personal best. So some people will approach their training very differently and that's okay. So it's whatever your goal is right now what is your focus and then your training and the way you track your training will be based around your goal tracking can be very frustrating as well because your sessions are likely to be very similar or progress will be very minimal each week your results going to take time and let's say if you are looking to increase your one rep max on your squat you might look at increasing your highest set of five so maybe you're looking to see if you can lift a heavier weight for five reps because then you know that your strength is going to be improving and then if you can successfully hit that heavier five your one rep max is likely to increase as well so there is a little bit of thought a bit of structure that has to go in behind it and it's not going to be that you will just keep increasing that one rep every time you try it because otherwise you'd just be always lifting more and more and more and it's not going to happen like that so it's going to take a lot of effort it's going to take some time and this is where consistency comes in because although it might be boring it is recommended that you would choose the same exercises or the same structure every time you train and monitor your progress based on these exercises so for example my basic training movements at the moment are a squat deadlift push press and then more recently I've been doing some olympic lifting so I've been learning some cleans and snatches and um, jerks and front squats. So every time I train, I have numbers in mind. I've got my pictures on my phone of my whiteboard of what I can comfortably hit for five reps or eight reps or three reps or one rep. So I've got numbers there. So when I come to test myself, I know what numbers I should ideally be aiming for. So I might know, okay, today I want to do my heaviest three squats. And I know that last time I did that for X amount of weight. So today I'll try it a little bit lighter first, see how it feels. And then I should be able to get back to the numbers that I hit last time. If I did that and I can comfortably hit that weight for three reps again today then I've done it twice so it's more consistent so then the next time the third if I can hit it for three times then I'm likely to increase it I feel like I might have made that a bit confusing so it makes sense when it's written down but so let's say if I have managed to squat 70 kilos three times so I've done three reps at 70 and I've only done that once. But if I can do that again on my next time, the next time I do three weight, three reps and I do 70 again, then that's twice that I've done three reps at 70. So if I do the next week, if I can do three again, so I've had three consistent weeks of managing to hit three reps at 70 kilos, I know that I can probably try 72 and a half for three reps or maybe even 75, probably... 72 and a half would be more sensible and then I've then increased my 
three rep max and it's been over time and it's been consistent and I'm not likely to see it jump up every single week. It's better to go for a more consistent approach. I think that's less confusing. It does make sense. When it's written down, I think, yeah, I know what I'm trying to say. And then when I try and say it, I think, I don't know if that just made sense. By the way, there's lots of info out there about whether it's best to do low weight and high reps or higher weight and low reps. And I would say it's it's probably a bit of both, but it com- it kind of comes down to what you feel comfortable with. So personal preference and probably what you're doing at the time. But ultimately, it's probably better to monitor how difficult you find the set. So your legs aren't going to know how many reps you did. So let's say you're doing a squat. Your legs won't know you did 10 reps. They will know how difficult the movement felt. So it's probably better to judge the set by how it felt. So how difficult was it? How challenging was it? If it's not very challenging, then you're probably not going to see that much change. So I prefer to train in heavier weight and lower reps because that's how I know if it's challenging I do find higher reps challenging as well but it's more because I'm getting tired rather than because my muscles are working so if I'm training like I said I do mostly deadlift squats overhead press I tend to keep the reps lower but I'll go for a heavier weight so because my reps are lower I will go for a heavier weight so that it is challenging So I like to challenge myself. I like it to be difficult. And then once I've assessed how difficult the movement is, I find that's easier for me to then progress. So for example, once my muscles adapt to the stimulus of the training, they're going to find five reps easier than usual. So if I'm doing five squats and I'm doing that consistently, my legs are going to get used to doing five squats at that weight. So then next time I might be able to do six reps or I might be able to add two and a half kilos so this is known as progressive overload and it's personal preference on strength strength based movements i would probably say that less reps and heavier weight is i'm not going to say better but it's 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 likely to be more challenging but then again like i said keeping track of this is going to create a good structure so it just means that maybe one week you could do lower weight and higher reps and maybe the second week you could do the same exercises but you could do a diff- different weight and different rep range. Another benefit of keeping track of your workouts and your lifts and the numbers, it's going to create more of a structure. So it means that as you enter the gym, you've kind of got a plan. So even if you turn up without having a set plan, if you've got numbers, if you've got a, a book or an app where you've got everything recorded, you can turn up with, you know what to do you can kind of turn up with a bit of structure or an idea of what you're going to do today rather than turning up and not knowing what to do. So over the last few years, I've followed quite a few set plans from coaches and I've written my my own training that I'd follow. At the moment, I'm following no specific plan or structure. I just wake up and I see what I want to train that day or I'll see how my body's feeling. I suppose it's a bit more of an intuitive way of training at the moment. So technically, I'm going against my own advice here, but if I had a specific goal to work towards right now, my training would probably change. But at the minute, I'm kind of just going with the flow. But I do think that plans are helpful. And if you don't have a plan to follow, maybe you could create one. And this could be a good chance to get creative and design yourself a plan. So that's what I want to talk about now. I want to talk about if you're going to create a workout plan, how is that going to look? 
So designing your own plan can be quite fun. And it's probably for people who, if you want to go to the gym on your own or with a friend even, but if you've if you've got a personal trainer or a coach or you're going to to classes or fitness groups where they write sessions for you, you probably don't need, or you can discuss it with your, your coach, but you probably don't need an in-detail plan. But if you are going to the gym and this will be your only form of exercise, then it can be really good to have a plan, especially if you do it yourself because it's a bit more creative and you can add a personal touch to it as well. So you can tweak the things that you like and then you can leave out the things that you don't like so if you don't like doing squats you don't need to include them you don't have to do certain things so it's quite nice if you're doing your own plan you can keep it kind of based around what it is that you like and don't like so firstly what I would ask yourself is how many days a week can you train so what is realistic for you to train if you can train once or twice per week it's probably better to stick with full body routines. If you can train maybe four times per week, you might prefer an upper body, lower body split, or even a a push-pull full body split, which I'm gonna go into more detail with in a moment. But this means that whichever of those three options you choose, you're gonna hit each muscle group twice per week, which is preferable for, for optimal training results. So you're gonna hit every muscle group twice over the week which means whichever training method you use even if you can only get to the gym twice or you can get to the gym four times whichever training split you choose whichever one is suited to you you're going to be working all areas of your body so let's start with full body so full body like i said is is a good one for if you can make it to the gym just twice in a week full body is quite effective. So session one could include squats, overhead press, seated row and lunges. So you're working every muscle group. There's a bit of legs, a bit of shoulders, a bit of back. You're kind of including everything there. And then session two could include deadlifts, pull-ups, split squats or more lunges and push-ups. So again, you're working everything. So over the week, you'll have trained all muscle groups twice in just two sessions. And then if you wanted to, if you wanted to mix it up, you could play around with the rep ranges and the weights, like I mentioned earlier. So week one, you could aim for lower reps and heavier weight. So for example, you could see if you can get your heaviest one, two or three rep max. And then week two could be more of an endurance base and you could aim to go for higher reps at a lighter weight. And then you could cycle those two weeks. If you can get to the gym four times, then an upper body lower body split might work out for you and that could look like session one could be upper body session two could be lower body session three upper body again but different exercises to session one and then session four lower body again but different exercises to session two so again over the week you've managed to get to the gym four times and you've hit all of the body parts twice again so it's similar to to the previous one it just depends if you can get to the gym more times if you can get to the gym twice and that's realistic for you then i just say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the gym twice there's no point saying right i'll get to the gym four times if you don't think it's realistic because then if you make it twice that's an achievement that is an achievement that you've made to the gym twice but in your head you'll be like oh no i didn't i didn't go four times like i wanted to so if you can get to just two sessions in that's great 
two is ideal and it's going to give you a place to start and you don't need to overcomplicate it. If you wanted to change the training a little bit more or maybe you're a bit more familiar with your training, you could do a full body push-pull workout. So that would be similar to the upper body, lower body split, but you might segment the exercises a little bit more. So a push workout might be your chest, shoulders, triceps and quads. So you're including full body there. So you're including the legs in there as well. And then pull would be your back, biceps and hamstrings. So you could do a similar thing, four sessions per week, but session one would be full body push. So you might do your chest exercises, shoulder, a bit of triceps and then maybe some squats or some lunges. And then um, pull for session two could be... Um, seated row some bicep curls or some deadlifts and uh, hamstring curl or uh, a romanian deadlift and then maybe you could do session three which would be push again but different exercises and then session four which would be pull again but different exercises from session two so you've got quite an in-depth plan there and it's going to be different each exercise each each workout will be different and over the week you're still hitting all of your body parts twice. So all three of those different examples are probably quite effective. It just depends on your personal routine and which one would fit into your daily life. Okay, you've got your training sorted. So training, done. But now we're gonna have a quick look at cardio and HIT. So low intensity cardio and high intensity training. And there's a lot of choice. Again, it's, it's something that there is a lot of information out there. And there isn't, again, there's not a right or wrong answer. It is whatever suits you, which probably isn't what you want to hear. I think, you know, for a lot of us, we want to be told what we should specifically do and when. But it doesn't work like that. And actually, if you did work like that, it would be quite boring. I think it's really nice to have the choice and have the, the freedom to do what you want to do as well. So find out what it is that you enjoy. Some people might enjoy cardio, some people might hate it. If you do hate it, you don't need to include it. So what I'm gonna say here, and one of the benefits of it, of cardio, is that it's a tool to create a bigger calorie deficit. So the key word is tool. It's not necessary, but it can be helpful to create a bigger calorie deficit. So if you're burning more energy, you are creating a bigger calorie deficit. So if fat loss is your goal, then cardio is a good tool. Of course, it also helps to increase your fitness. So it helps to increase cardiovascular fitness and health. Uh, and it could be just as simple as going for a long walk. That could be included in your cardio. So if you wanted to keep your cardio low intensity, you could increase your overall step count. So that would be classed as cardio. It just wouldn't be intense cardio. However, cons of cardio would be that as it burns more energy you might notice increased fatigue and increased hunger so this could actually lead to overeating so what I find a lot of the time if my clients are going to the gym loads and loads between sessions they are going to notice increased hunger so then maybe we bring the cardio down a little bit and we'll say okay use that time to rest a bit more and then you're probably going to have more energy then for your strength sessions as well and you may not feel the need to eat as much or you might not feel that hunger as much. Also depending on the type of cardio that you're doing it can prevent body composition changes that you 
would see from weightlifting. So if you're doing lots and lots of running, your body shape wouldn't be the same as if you're doing lots of strength training and just a small amount of fitness. So if you're doing lots of strength training, you might get the muscle definition or that body composition, that shape of uh, a strong kind of fit body. And if you're doing lots and lots of running, you may not have as much muscle mass. So you might you might lose a lot of weight, but it, it's likely to be muscle and water as well as fat rather than keeping that muscle mass and then we've got hit training which is either really really well liked or it's really slated in the fitness industry and there doesn't really seem to be an in-between and i'm not going to be telling you which i think is best to do because like anything else i've said today it comes down to whichever one is realistic for you so your hit training is a higher intensity form of training and it could include movements such as jumping squats or burpees or quick bursts of any movement so it could include weighted movements still like barbell squats or overhead press but usually at a quicker speed and a little bit less rest probably maybe timed as well so it could be uh, 20 seconds of work or it could be as many reps as possible or as many rounds as possible in a certain amount of time so it's usually time-based and much quicker much more intense i actually really like hit and i think it is a really fun way to challenge yourself i think you can do so much more than you think you can do as well so hit training really shows that if you were to look at a a piece of paper with a, with a workout written on before you got to the gym and that was that was your workout that you got to do it's easy to look at it and think oh my god that is impossible or or even actually if you go in there and you give yourself an hour to do it it's probably going to take you an hour if you set yourself a 20 minute timer to get it done and that's it you've got to get it done in that 20 minutes it's going to be done so the longer you give yourself something to do you will take that long to do it if you give yourself the whole day to get a task done you're going to take that whole day to get it done. If you say, right, I need to get this done in 20 minutes, you can easily get it done. So I find with HIIT training, you seem to get more out of that time. But it comes down to whether you like it or not. If you like this kind of training, it can be really fun and challenging at the same time. However, if you think, oh, I couldn't possibly put myself through that, then don't. Because there isn't really a better one. It's not about which one will burn more calories or which one will get results quicker because it's neither really it's going to be what you can consistently do what do you prefer what can you stick to over time so you might think yeah I'd quite like to go to the gym and do an upper body lower body split so I'm going to go to the gym four times and then I'll go for a run once per week or a long walk twice per week or whatever you can do to get outside maybe but then you might think I'd prefer shorter bursts of higher intense workouts. So I'm going to do five 20 minute workouts each week. And that's fine. So it, remember, it's quality over quantity. You don't need to do everything all at once. My personal preference is a bit of both. So I tend to do four strength based workouts each, each week. And at the moment, I've been including three fitnessy sessions per week but what I do is combine them on the same days so rather than working out every single day just because I probably I probably could do that but I don't 
want to have to make time every single day just because I've got other things going on in life and some days it's nice to not have to think oh when am I going to get to the gym or when am I going to be able to train today because I'm in the gym every day but I don't have the chance to train at all all times every day so sometimes it's nice to not have to think about the training that day but I do like to do a bit of both so I tend to combine my sessions so after I've done my strength session for the day I might add on a fitness session so it might be a 15-20 minute session at the end of my strength element so then I've got a bit of strength and a bit of fitness and that works well for me because then I've got the two done and it's done. Sometimes it might just be that my whole session is aimed at fitness and I might go in for maybe a 30 to 40 minute session aimed around fitness and it might be more of a hit style of training usually I favor the strength so if there's one I could talk myself out of doing it would be the hit and I don't beat myself up about it I've got my strength training the strength training is my priority so if I can consistently hit my strength training that's my focus and then anything I do on top of that is a bit of a bonus although one of my goals this year is to make fitness more of a priority so that means that I am making time each week for fitness so if I don't do it it then comes back to kind of how how much do I want to reach that goal so my plan is to enter a fitness competition at some point this year and I want to be physically fit enough and I want to feel fit enough I probably would be physically fit enough now but I think it, it just comes down to how you feel so I don't feel fit even though I am but I don't feel it so I want to feel fit enough to enter a, a competition so if I don't do my fitness training sessions then I'm not going to feel fit so if my motivation's low it's where I need that discipline so I need to think well okay Chloe you set this goal for yourself so if you want to reach that goal you have to put in the work and then that that is why I'm then more likely to to do the session but because I've stacked it so I've habit stacked it with my strength session so when I've done my strength session I now know I'm probably going to end with some fitness so that makes it more achievable now because I'm already there I've already done a session I've already got a little bit sweaty I've already trained so then it's the perfect opportunity to carry on and do a bit of fitness so that works well for me so there is your little training overview so hopefully that has helped to understand how you could create a plan for yourself and the benefits of tracking that plan or tracking the the overall movement tracking the exercise and monitoring your progress and maybe it's helped you to create your own plan maybe you're deciding whether to do some cardio or some hit so yeah hopefully that was helpful so if you've got any questions or any feedback or if you've created a plan let me know I love to see all of your feedback I love to hear it all each week so make sure you tag me in anything that you share on Instagram it is at underscore Chloe Longstaff and thank you for listening and for all the support every week that you show for this podcast and I'll be back again soon